Welcome to the Holistic Business Podcast, where healers, makers, mystics, and other weirdos who don't quite fit the mold learn how to grow businesses that sustain them and their communities without working all the damn time or feeling like they're selling out. I'm your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and as the founder of the Holistic Business Academy, I've helped thousands of small business owners just like you to grow supportive, holistic businesses. Now, it's your turn. Okay, so I know that one of the big questions you have as a listener of the Holistic Business Podcast is, what the fuck am I supposed to do with my brand? What is a brand? What is branding? How does that influence the actions that I'm taking in my business? And frankly, what is worth your time and not worth your time because you are a busy little entrepreneurial bee and you've got shit to do. I'm really excited because today we have Christine Liu, the expert behind CL Designs and the Brand Party podcast here to talk to us about branding. She's a graphic designer who helps purpose-driven business owners and businesses. That, that's you, y'all. She helps people like you uh, to create cohesive branding, web design, and social media content to drive impact and sales. Christine, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sarah. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Super excited to dive in today. So Christine, let's start, let's start with a big question. Uh, what is branding and why does it matter? Like, why should people care? Yeah, it's one of those ambiguous terms and buzzwords that get thrown around really easily, right? But I think the more that you tap into your brand is really like what people say, uh, your business, your organization that you have like as an entity wise, but also really the personality and the values that you bring along with it. And the element of storytelling, I think is something really big that we can definitely dive into a little bit more. It's what connects you with your audience, your community ultimately, and make sure that you're finding the right people. I love that through this lens of storytelling and connection, because I think that folks get really trapped. And of course, visuals matter. And I hope we'll talk about that today, but get really trapped in this idea of the brand almost becoming a sort of a sort of cage and a limitation rather mm-hmm. than a way of connecting and communicating with the people that you're trying to find. Yeah, especially like optimistically as things open back up from the pandemic too, that, you know, (laughs) there's going to be a lot more different avenues and a lot of different marketing streams that I'm sure that people are looking into. But at the same time, it's really overwhelming, right? (laughs) And so with that being said, I think being able to just come back to connection, come back to what being social actually means and what comes back to like nurturing things ultimately for relationships is more important than ever. Yeah. So how did you get into branding um, and graphic design? Let's get a little bit of the behind the scenes. Yeah. So I had started a previous business actually called In Lieu Of. So it was a fun spinoff of my last name. <laughs> I love that. Right. I love a good play <laughs> on words. I'm a big fan. Um, but it was just really in lieu of what I needed at that point in my life as well. Um, I, it was inspired by a lot of like death actually um, in people close to me at the time. And how could I really celebrate life and lean into what I loved and enjoyed most. And so I had ran in lieu of a streetwear apparel brand for a few years. This is pre-drop shipping days and everything. And from that point, just really fell in love with startup culture. I actually never thought I would become my own boss again, because I love doing 360 for everybody else without the responsibility of being my own uh, like business owner. And so with that being said, I helped a lot of different tech and fashion brands, especially at that time, launch like 90 plus K Kickstarter campaigns and everything in between. And then found myself doing some corporate work um, for Rogers Media Publishing for brands like Walmart, MLSE, McLean's, uh, was at CBC Music for a little bit as a graphic designer and digital associate producer interviewing artists like Jan Arden, Sarah McLaughlin, like my 16-year-old dream job. But 
<laughs> you know, throughout that time as a creative, uh, I'm sure people tuning into can relate that. I just am always looking for that next challenge or that next thing to keep me inspired also and continue growing ultimately as a person. So I had been freelancing on and off for about five plus years at that point as well, while still working corporate. And I decided to trade in climbing the corporate ladder for climb mountains around the world pre-COVID. And yeah, it was a lot of fun to embark on CL Designs full time. So it's been three and a half years now helping purpose-driven businesses create impactful uh, sales focus design. And, uh, it's been so much fun to kind of lean into and travel the world. Oh, I absolutely love that. Wait, wait you literally <laughs> climb mountains. Uh, I have. Yeah. Also, but yeah, mountains, volcanoes, <laughs> a few <laughs> short in between. Yeah. Awesome. And in lieu of sounds like your memoir, you got to bring that mm. back as your, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you have this background working with a wide variety, running your own business. Um, oh my gosh, I can't, I have a background in fashion. I can't even imagine running my own apparel business. That sounds like so much work. (laughs) Yeah. I took over like my parents' whole house. Like I appreciate them so much, you know, for letting me, uh, have that space and just really leaning into what I was experimenting with creatively and, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun because especially at that time too, streetwear apparel was so in like fashion and trendy. And like, I love the aesthetic of it, but not necessarily resonated with the like negative or aggressive kind of verbiage that was out there on the like graphic shirts, especially. So I took a spin on it and, um, yeah, creative, like just positive vibes, positive messages, essentially in streetwear apparel form. So you have all this experience and you've worked with these corporations. What gets you excited about working with purpose-driven businesses? And can you tell us a little bit more about what that means and how specifically you're able to help them that might be different than some of the corporate clients? Yeah, I think it's really important for me to like acknowledging, even from a young age, it was really important for me to be like grateful ultimately throughout my whole journey. And it's obviously easier said than done for a lot of folks too. But, you know, I think that, it's important to kind of still celebrate how far we've come and also acknowledge that there's still a lot of work to do. Um, So like even from a young age, it was really fun for me to be able to donate to like the toy drive in my elementary school, you know, and stuff like that. And so this kind of carries with me uh, even today. And so I would say during the pandemic, especially, I really felt for the businesses that were out there, both brick and mortar, like physical shops out there to uh, those online or pivoting online as well and trying to navigate that whole landscape of things in such a quick and confusing uh, sort of area, right? So when you're so used to especially having things so experiential in person, it can be really hard to translate that online. And so acknowledging that it was really important for me to focus on like purpose-driven businesses in terms of who are the change makers of the world? Like, what do I really want to put my name behind? How do I, as I like to say to my clients too, like create your bold legacy in the world, because there is that lasting impact and those impressions that really do count when you really like stick to your values with your brand, bring in that storytelling, like you've talked about too, Sarah, so much. And, you know, just really make sure that you're connecting folks with the things that actually matter most to you. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the huge theses that we have is that I think small business owners have just really an outsized opportunity for impact in the world, even if it is kind of in these like 
think of these like, con- like these like concentric circles of care. And even if it seems like it's a small impact on like a local community or like a smaller number mm-hmm. of clients or customers, that that has this ripple effect when we operate our businesses in that way. I'm curious for you, because I think this starts to tie into like, what is branding and what is, what is, yeah. um, you know, this, this communication that we're doing, what are some of your core values and how do you use branding to communicate them? Yeah. Transparency is a big one for me too. I think it's really important to be transparent and open. Um, so for example, anyways, uh, transparency with pricing is really important for me as well. Uh, in the world of equity and everything and how we're pricing things. And so, you know, with that being said, it's really important for me experientially then as a brand to then uh, communicate that pricing openly on my website, for example. I know this can be controversial for (laughs) some folks, but I think for me as a value for transparency, I think that's always uh, a big one that I always advocate for my clients to share as well. Um, But also like if efficiency is really important for you as another one, um, I think it's really important that yes, we can get things done quickly here at CL Designs, but that also means like honoring what you need and however long that capacity and time takes in order to do it right. And um, so acknowledging that and redefining what it means to be efficient, but also celebration is another key pillar for me as well that, you know, despite all of the (laughs) storms that occur inevitably in life, the curveballs that come up, that there's still so much to celebrate and to really be grateful for ultimately throughout the journey and to enjoy the process along the way as a creative versus only that end result. Mm, Yeah. And then when it comes into like the branding, what are some of the things you do tangibly to share that? So yeah, I mean, sharing pricing as like a version of transparency totally makes sense. I'm curious for something like, like celebration, for example, which yeah. I actually, I think comes through in your brand so <laughs> clearly. Um, oh. I'm like, what, what goes into your, your, your thought process? Cause I think that one of these pieces that I know our listeners have is like, okay. And we do a lot of core values work inside my programs too. I think it's so critical, mm-hmm. but like how that actually translates into actions and then not even just actions, but that communication can be a bit of a disconnect. Yeah. That's a really great point, Sarah. And so I would say I love hearing, first of all, that you incorporate core values as such a big component of what you teach to your community. Also, like this is something that I really integrate into the brand party challenge that I run to. And I think it always comes back to that. Like, what do you truly stand for? Right. And how do you communicate that? And so with that being said, I think being able to for celebration, that's an example. It can be a multitude of things like this could be a whole episode in itself, but ultimately you know, your branding does encompass more than your logo itself. So yes, you can have that as one component of things, but also, you know, the color choices that you make. So even like (laughs) these bright colors, for example, to, um, you know, those of you who are listening, can't see Christina's wearing all bright colors and has a different color, bright color on every single nail. It is fantastic. And (laughs) She looks like her Instagram feed. <laughs> uh, thank you. And so, yeah, this way, you know, like by no means do I think that people have to always dress in their brand colors or have props like that are uh, their brand colors. But this just like when it feels 100% authentic and integral to you and what you stand for, i.e. celebration, then I think it comes off in a really natural way that connects with folks, as we're mentioning. But also another key component to consider is like messaging and how that comes across for your brand too. So if your brand wants to really hone in on that celebration value, like you're going to be a lot more friendly, open communication style to like very, yeah, 
heart-centered perhaps, um, and very enthusiastic in the type of brand voice that you come across in your messaging versus something that might be a little bit more uh, sophisticated or kind of toned down perhaps, um, or yeah, it'll be a different type of voice that you bring to your overall branding. So those are a few components that I would say definitely help come across um, in terms of tangible things for your brand too. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about those assets and this messaging piece, because one of the things that you're an expert in is working on launches and launch assets. That's a place where we find that our clients often get really overwhelmed. And there's all these things that you're supposed to do for a launch. That's a, that's a conversation in itself as well, what you're supposed to do. Um, but there are strategies that are effective that you may want to employ, which is totally fine. And of course we encourage that. But in addition to that, then it's like, I'm hearing, I can always hear people be like, oh wait, so I have to do all that and it has to be in my brand voice and it has to communicate my values. Like that there's this level where it starts to feel a little bit overwhelming. How do you help people to, to approach that? Or I guess maybe we can kind of back up and be like, what are launch assets for you? And then let's talk about how you help people to approach that. Yeah, this is definitely a multifold question to dive into, right? And so if, first of all, I just like to preface that if you are feeling this way, it's completely okay. Like this is natural to have these emotions bubble up and come to surface when you're launching something new or exciting that you poured so much time and energy into, right? Especially. So I like commend you, first of all, for launching the thing. It's very exciting. Uh, but in terms of what are launch assets, I would say they're really going to help support you with that launch that you have coming up, whether it's a new program to a product launch to a new service offering you're coming out with. But it can include anything from social uh, graphics, like uh, content in particular, uh, to your mock-ups on your website, to sales pages, to your email like sequences, uh, headers, promo graphics within those emails. There's so many things far and far between for sure. But I would say I'm also a very firm believer that you pour into the marketing streams that are proven to work for you, especially during launches, ideally, versus feeling like you need to be everywhere and to everyone. Yeah, I think one of the things I was like, that sense like in the middle of a launch is like, oh, this is the perfect time to implement a brand new strategy. Or like, I'm going to start on TikTok in the middle of my launch. Right. Like, oh, like give, you, give yourself a break. That sounds like way too much work. Because this is already the pre-launch, right? And so I think it's also really important as I've experienced too, to really like protect your energy during those. So by having launch assets and graphics and really strong branding in place, you're actually able to save so much more time and energy to then pour into your clients, your community, uh, whatever that looks like for your offering. So that when you finally get to actual like launch time, uh, then you you have so much more energy to yeah, pour back into it and then even then execute or maintain it. So if we're going to look at somebody like doing a launch, say for a new program, right? That's pretty common. Where would you want them to start to think about how to infuse that with their branding? <laughs> I would say, you know what? That's Bea. She says hi. Oh, well. <laughs> She's super excited too, right? <laughs> She's so excited. She loves to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and so with that new program, I think it's really important to think of like, what is that customer journey like, especially too? And what are those multiple brand touch points that you're going to have? Because 
likely it's going to take more than one time, if not seven, or I think they have mentioned now in studies like 23 times to have folks take that next step or action, right? So it's really important to give uh, that digestible information for people to learn what exactly it is that you offer and to feel trusted in making that decision too. And so keeping that in mind, people are at capacity more than ever, especially too. So how can you make it as easy as possible is very much my frame set. So, and also for you, right? I think that's equally important. So from tangible brand assets, I would say like the more clearer you are in terms of your colors, your font pairings, uh, that overall imagery, perhaps you have brand photography, or if you are sourcing royalty-free images or stock photos for your launch, then at least it has an overall cohesive feel to it. And this way, it doesn't have to be boring. Like by having this actual foundation in place, you're actually able to experiment more, I feel like as well, and play with it more. Um, but having those as the main foundations is definitely helpful. But then also I really, a key component is like your sales page because you want to make sure that people can actually check out and to commit to that next step ultimately. Let's talk about sales pages. I have to be honest, Christine, I love sales pages. Sales pages are, oh, I'm glad someone else does. I yeah. feel like often, be, especially our customers are like, I know for, for all y'all listening, like we love you. And I know that like the sales page feels overwhelming when you're starting to learn it because it's usually kind of long and complicated. There's a lot of information um, and there's different styles, but, but like, I love the sales page. So Ooh. let's dive in. Okay. Well, you say you love sales pages too. Why do you love sales pages? <laughs> I just think it's like the backbone of everything. Like this is where people are going to land. This is, you know, I often like to think of your brand like a house also. And so this could be also true for sales pages is that, you know, your sales page is your own property. It's one of the biggest assets that you own. And so five, 10 years from now, for example, example, things are going to change within the landscape. And so oftentimes you have typically one of two options to choose from is that you either freshen things up, you kind of uh, update some decor pieces so that it's relevant and modern again, or option two, you have to knock it all completely down because you had weak foundations to begin with. So maybe your brand foundations or the offer wasn't really as concrete as it could be right through iteration. So keeping that in mind, like which option would you prefer, the fresh enough or the complete knockdown, right? Fresh <laughs> um, enough, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I love sales pages because it's just a really great opportunity for folks to really clearly identify for themselves whether this is the right fit or not. And then ultimately just make it really easy for them to decide yes or no. And each decision isn't bad, but I think being able to get clear on which decision that is, is still a success. Yes. I mean, that's a huge win. Helping people make a decision, get off the fence, move on with their lives in either direction <laughs> is so much of how I view sales because I think I'm curious to know what your thoughts, but like one of the things I hear a lot from our, our clients and our audience is this, like, first of all, the sense that like we're bothering people, you were talking about all these mm -hmm. different touch points necessary. Right. And people are like, Oh, I'm bothering people. I'm bothering people. Like they wouldn't be paying attention if, if you were bothering them, right. Like they want to, they're here because they, they're interested. They want to know what you're doing. That's why they're following. That's why they're reading. That's why they're looking. And then when it comes to something like the sale, people are often like, Oh, I feel pushy asking people to make a decision. It's like, but they're there because they want, they're trying to make a decision. If they're not interested, they're, they, they're going to go do something else. Like they have a whole life outside of your sales page. Yeah. There is a choice for sure at the end of the day. Right. And I've had so many clients, you know, still bring that gratitude piece that, you know, people are busy. Like sometimes it has nothing to do with you. So like being able to detach that 
you're golden, right? But also knowing that I will send out a reminder sometimes for folks who had expressed interest maybe like three months ago and now maybe the perfect time, who knows, right? And so by kindly reminding them and reaching out, again, no pressure, but they were so grateful for that, that kind of reminder that actually this would be a really great fit. You know, I, I love that. And I was going to share real quick. I just started working with a new coach and a bit in my mind, I was like, I really need some help with something. I'm working on some specific issues. And I had talked to somebody a couple months ago and in a completely different context, but we were like, oh, maybe we'll work together later. She just followed up with me. And I was like, oh, right. Like you're the person I was looking for. Thank you. I was like, I'm busy. I'm tired. I get so many fucking emails. It was so helpful to have her be like, Hey, just checking in. How are you doing? And I was like, can I hire you? (laughs) So like we, yeah, I love that take because it's so often we're like, oh, people were bothering them. No, they're like, people are living their lives. Like, Mm -hmm. and also they can unfollow and they can unsubscribe. Totally. They can leave. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And I think that's also a good thing. Like you're mentioning, get off the fence and choose a a pathway to go towards. So let's dive back into the sales page because again, I'm obsessed and I very rarely get to talk with people who love them as much as I do. Why can I ask Sarah, why do you love them? First of all, also, I think because, well, for the reasons you said, they give people ideally all the information they need to make a strong decision for them. And the most powerful sales pages are I mean, kindly and within your brand language, but are opinionated, are um, informative, are filled with possibility. And I think like the best sales pages, honestly, like it sounds a little weird, but to me, it feels like wrapping yourself up, like in a warm blanket. It's like this, like, it's like the best sales pages, like, I mean, and for, they're going to be different depending on what we need and what we're looking for, right? What I love in a sales page may not be what you love in a sales page, because we're looking for different outcomes from whatever we're investing in. But like the ones that like, I love the most, it's like, it's like, I I like, it's like stepping into a, like a whole new world. It's like going through, like going through the wardrobe to Narnia. And you're just like, (laughs) Oh, like, this is what I've been looking for. This person understands me. They see the challenges I have. They see the outcomes I desire and they have a pathway to help me get there. And it's so, I mean, I know it sounds kind of weird, but I find like the best ones like so comforting. Mm. (laughs) I'm just like, Oh, like it feels so good for me as a customer to be seen and understood in that way. And I think a lot of times when we're making sales pages, we don't remember that part. We're like, Oh, I'm trying to sell my thing. I was like, your customer is looking to be witnessed and held and supported. Like that's what's on the other side of it. So that's why I love sales. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love that you're referred to the kind of like burrito blanket. I like to call totally. it, Totally. <laughs> but that's totally the feeling. I agree with you. Like in terms of branding, I think that it's so important for people to feel seen, heard, understood. Ultimately at the end of the day, there's so many people making assumptions out there that it doesn't need to be another one of those. Like <laughs> do your market research, like have actual conversations with your clients and your community. I think those pieces will really help you inform your decisions from both of like external communications level, i.e. your color palette, et cetera, but also your messaging and the values that you bring to surface and ultimately the experience that you offer too. Yeah. And yet I, I love that clarification because like the great sales page is not really about like you, but you as the business owner, like want to say it's that mm. merging of like your values and what you can bring to the table and guess what your customers like say that they need what they've hopefully told you they need, or you've, you've or... actually like talked to them like human beings. Yeah, exactly. There's a human <laughs> behind the screen always. 
So if people are going to start working on something like a big asset, like a sales page, like a launch, like the pre-launch stuff, the, the 23 mm-hmm. touch points, oh my God, um, <laughs> just, just keeps going higher. Where do you recommend that people start to, um, to approach these assets? Like, is there a way that you like to walk people through this process or kind of some tips that you can offer? Again, I think that the overwhelm gets really high as soon as we start talking about planning these like bigger structures and these bigger communication methods. Yeah. I mean, definitely give yourself enough grace and buffer room, I would say as well, right. Is always helpful whether you need it or not, but it's nice to have that extra runway because oftentimes things take a little bit longer than anticipated sometimes. And, but how good would it feel to be able to get it completed way beforehand? Right. Mm -hmm. So some future thinking (laughs) to consider, but I always like to start with the bigger pieces. I know that's where a lot of the anxiety and like the the overwhelm comes from typically, but by having that strong sales page, for example, this is where people are going to land ultimately to make that decision and then maybe potentially work, uh, check out from there. So I wonder then usually I start off with that key component because then all the messaging, the assets, you can repurpose things. I'm a big firm believer of as well, right? Like make it easier for you, not harder. You don't need to earn like a powerful launch. Like you can make it easy also. And so (laughs) that energy is also going to translate in the way that you promote it. So I want to help you reclaim as much of that energy and time as possible through having these tangible brand assets. So I would always start with the sales page ultimately, if you can. Um, And so with that, you're able to then take like bits and pieces of that messaging to your social captions that you plan out for, let's say even a month. So it's spread out. So it's not too salesy per se as well. Um, every single post, especially. And then that way you're able to actually take some of that messaging and maybe some objections that you're handling through that language into your email sequences, or even like, what are the tangible deliverables that they'll receive? You can mention that in your sequence as well, right? So I think it really does stem from that sales page so that you can then trickle it down to the other more top of funnel pieces. I love that advice. And it's what I do too, because I find that I don't actually often fully understand the offer until I've written the sales page. Like it Mm -hmm. forces you (laughs) gently with love forces you to clarify all these different things about your offer. Cause now it's getting out of your head and you're communicating it to people who are not inside your head and need a little bit more information and like, yes, to the repurposing Please, please, y'all. Like, so once you write a sales page, it's like, yeah, just go and like, I'm like, yoink, 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 yoink. That's great. Not rewriting that, using that again. It's so critical to let yourself do that. And I think there, yeah, there's this really weird expectation that people set for themselves. And I'm sure there's a lot of kind of cultural and comparison things that I think make it look like you're supposed to be doing something different, but like repurposing is where it's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Again, make it easy for yourself, but also, Again, coming back to these multiple touch points, this is what's going to build familiarity when people see like, oh, I actually saw that, uh, like, let's say Instagram ad um, that happened to be for your program the other day, or, oh, I saw that really funny headline that you had written and it happens to be on the sales page, for example, or your email, uh, you know, newsletter that goes out. So it starts to spark this uh, like familiarity and trust that uh, builds that connection and ultimately helps them inform their own buying decision. So something you've mentioned a couple of times now, and I really would love to talk about is this like preserving your energy. You've yeah. mentioned this is like a really high priority for you. And mm. when you're working with your clients, so can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you and why it's so important to you? 
Yeah. I mean, coming back that before we are business owners, like we're humans first, I truly believe. And so honoring what you need on every given day, week, month, let alone maybe like hour or second, truly, uh, you know, with everything changing in the world, there's a lot of heavy things going on, especially as well. So, you know, just honoring where you're at with that, I think is important. So it comes back to transparency for me, ultimately too, and like honoring what you need. And a big lesson that I've learned too, is that like, I'm the best version of myself when I'm well-rested so I can show up for myself, for others, my clients ultimately too. Um, and so with that, I think it's really important for a lot of my clients because similarly, if they're wearing all the hats within their business, sure, they have their never-ending to-do list, but also as a human, maybe you need to do your laundry and like file your taxes, all these other things that like need to get done, like feed your dog, right? Like all these things and responsibilities that come down to you at the end of the day, that if you can reduce as much decision fatigue as possible and reclaim some of that care, it's going to pour back into that ripple effect that we talked about at the beginning. I I love that this is baked into how you're talking about branding and how you're running your own business. And then ultimately how you're supporting your clients. It's very easy. I say this like compassion for myself. Like it's very easy to talk about it. It's harder Mm. to do it. And I know that I personally run into that a lot where it's like, we talk about that's part of my holistic business thesis is this like yeah. care for self and being a human. And like, yeah, I'm with you, like human first, not a business. Yeah. You're a human. Yeah. Great. Right. But in practice, sometimes actually implementing that is really challenging. It's hard to give ourselves that grace in that space, or even like we were talking about giving yourself the long runway to work on a big project can feel really hard when there's mm-hmm. all these other things going on and someone's sending you DMs and someone's emailing you and some client's upset about something and like, yeah, there, there's stuff happening. Um, so what are some of the ways that you build that into your schedule or into the way that you actually run your business? Cause I think that yeah. big, again, again, that tangible level, it's, it's often, it's like, it sounds really nice. It's like, take care of yourself. Um, sure. <laughs> So, but I know like I fall out, I I get in trouble with that. Yeah, exactly. Just like, just, just be great. (laughs) What do you, what do you do? Or what are some maybe tips or, or especially from the people you've worked with as well that you can offer to our listeners? Yeah, I think giving yourself grace is a big one. So even I found for myself, like taking a really great morning routine in place. So for me, like I don't really take any meetings before 10 a.m. because I'm not functional realistically uh, as my most present self. So to honor that, <laughs> it's really important for me to get a little bit of movement, some fresh air perhaps as well, like have a slow morning to really like ease into my day, uh, perhaps like a meditation to just ground myself or like have breakfast and stuff like that to really feel myself into a productive and ultimately feel good sort of day. Um, and so I do like to time block things as well. So this doesn't mean that it's set in stone. It just means that it has dedicated focus time that it can to become whatever it needs to be ultimately. So whether that's project oriented, I'm, I mean, I'm a big color coder ultimately too. (laughs) So as you can probably tell by now, but Google calendar is like my holy grail for it and Asana to just keep things very neat, organized. And again, like you're mentioning Sarah before out of your head onto something that tangible, um, that you can kind of clear up some of that mental space. And then also for, uh, I guess like end of day, I have a kind of cut off time that I want to wrap my work days up. So I have like a notification on my Gmail, like calendar G calendar um, that says, let's get this party started. So 
this way. It's like a really fun message. It just like totally switches the um, <laughs> the flip of the switch um, for the day and kind of like can turn it off because as a creative, as a business owner, it's really hard to just like walk away from it. Like I'm still thinking so about most of things, right? Like in the evening, but at least just having that mental uh, notification almost, it just gives you that permission to be like, okay, I can walk away with this and no one's going to nothing bad is going to happen. It's not going to fall apart. Like giving yourself that grace ultimately. Um, and then coming back to like tangible branded templates have been really helpful to save myself time, like reduce that, those number of decisions that I need to make in my day. Yeah. As like those no fail, they work really well. Um, they're branded in my colors and everything. Um, so at least I have a starting point for each piece versus having to start from scratch every single time. I find that's where my overwhelm kicks in. Uh, so identifying that for yourself, I think, well, either identifying the best way that you like to work. So I like to joke all the time too, that my most productive times are between like late mornings uh, and lunchtime because I'm very motivated by lunch. So this way, <laughs> understanding when you work well, and then also honoring what you need, but also like, how do you reduce the decision fatigues with the resources and tools and systems that you have in place? Oh my gosh, such great tips. And the decision fatigue thing is so real. And I think maybe this is a great kind of place for us to dive in as we close. I think that when it comes to branding, that is really one of the greatest gifts is having those decisions pre-made. Um, so how can people start to think about that? What are some of the kind of the first steps that they should take? Because you're talking about like kind of branded templates and reducing decision fatigue. What needs to happen to get to that place where the decisions are made? Because that is that is the that is the holy grail for sure. <laughs> yeah, I would say like we have talked about on this episode, like get it out of your head first of all. So if it's easier for you to like mind map things or just jot it all down on a piece of paper, even or a fresh Google Doc, then at least you can see what you're working with. Like what is that design wish list ultimately that you would aspire to or love to have taken care of? Um, and then from there, like jot down what are the top like three priorities that you would love to have taken care of in the next X amount of time span, I think is something really tangible to work towards, but it also helps you to focus in on what really matters right now to help move the needle forward and then be able to work towards those tangible assets, whether you DIY it yourself or you reach out to an expert to help outsource and take care of it, like you're mentioning. So uh, expert, um, how can people work with you and get your support to work on their brand and um, develop these assets and have these great launches and have, I mean, really y'all have to go check out Christine's Instagram feed. It is truly like the most delightful thing. And I know you said you don't have to like dress to match your branding, but it was pretty exciting to meet you today and be, I was like, Oh, I was like, I feel like I know Christine. Like she looks like she does her brand. Um, how can people work with you to, um, to get some support? Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Sarah, for having me and feel seen, understood is definitely like you will be treated as a human over here. <laughs> and so I would love to have a, like a great chat with all of you um, on what you're working on next. And so if you are looking for support, definitely reach out and check out more of my work at christineldesigns.com. 
Awesome. We'll link all of Christine's information up in the show notes as well. So you can just hop over there and click the link and not even think about it. Um, Christine, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, for sharing your experience and for helping us not only to find some really tangible steps to support us in our branding and our marketing, but also in taking care of ourselves, which I really appreciate you sharing some of your behind the scenes decisions there. And I am a hundred percent going to steal your calendar notification for a fun, like pop up end of day party started by, because I, I love that. And I know I need it. (laughs) Amazing. Let's get this party started, Sarah. All right. Thanks y'all so much for listening. Check out Christine and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Holistic Business Podcast. Learn more about growing your holistic business by visiting us at holisticbusinessacademy.com. We'll see you next time.